Welcome to the latest episode of the Tech Post podcast with me, Shawnee Ryan, where we cover what's happening in the world of technology. Tech Post is brought to you in association with Limerick City Community Radio. If you have any topics you want covered, please get in touch with us by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie. And I'm joined once again by Dave O'Neill. Dave, how are you doing? Welcome back. I am awesome. Awesome Great. and uh, delighted to be here. Great, Dave. Uh, we've a good bit to get through today. So um, uh, mainly the uh, Windows 11 event that was out during the week, uh, the, the launch and the reveal of it. Um, actually, do you know what I missed on it, on Windows 11, um, Dave? Did they say when the actual release date is going to be? You know what? Uh, I went looking for that as well. And apparently they kind of did. Um, it's meant to be released uh, around the holiday season. So the, the betas okay. are going to be out um, sometime next week, I think, from the 28th. All right. So Windows insiders will get um, builds, but yeah. uh, the final release is probably scheduled for sometime before Christmas. Right. Okay, Dave, before we get into the whole event and the reveal of Windows 11, um, just to follow up on something from the last show, we were uh, talking about uh, Amazon Prime Day. Uh, so just wanted to check, did you get anything nice? Uh, I did not. I skipped it this year. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I delved into a few things actually. Uh, the main thing that I got was a HD home run, and that is the device that I collect uh, connect to my media server here for getting uh, live TV, the survey channels. So um, the one I have at the moment is uh, a two-channel one. So I bought a four-channel one, which means you can watch four channels simultaneously, or watch one record off others. Uh, are, are we talking back to the future picture and picture style here on the screen where you have them all up on the, the same screen at once? Um, funny enough, you on, on your PC, you probably could do that, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, like, actually, I, I think uh, some while back we, we did uh, did a bit of... Um, bit of a kind of a an intro as to how I set up the media server but it's probably worth reviewing that at some stage so we might uh, at some stage in the future go back over that and I'll talk once I get this set up we'll go back and talk about the the whole way I have my Plex server set up and one thing I do want to actually test out is the MB uh, media streaming server as well and see how they compare and mm-hmm. find out which one is better so maybe that's something for the future um the other thing I got as well was an Echo Show. So, you oh, know, the, mm. the new one too, right? Um, yeah, there's, uh, well, I didn't get the big one. I got the eight inch one because I just wanted yeah. to see. I don't know how, like, where I'm going to position this in the house or if I'm actually going to use it. But uh, I just wanted to try it out and they were on at a very good price. It was like 70 quid. So um, it was heavily discounted, about half price. So I just said, you know what, I'll get this, try it out, at least I can review it. So that's something for the future as well. I'll be able to tell you whether this is good or not. Uh, yeah. But uh, so far, any of the, um, the Echo devices I have are just the, the normal speakers. To, uh, but I wanted to just see with a screen, was it any different as in, is, is there parts of it that would be good for use uh good for kind of yeah. like extending features and is it worth is it worth the upgrade well, mm. well a note on um, some of the past devices that they've had out i think was there a five as well a five inch one or something like that there um, that is out last yes. year i think yeah there is yeah and and they had um there was plenty of complaints about the sound quality of that one because the speakers were down facing so when the thing was yeah. you know down on your shelf uh it really obstructed the sound yeah 
So I don't so, know um, how they're, you know, if they if they've learned from that mistake mm. or not. Hopefully, no. The I was looking at the the ten inch one then, but um, it's ugly as hell. It's basically just a kind of a cylinder with a, a screen strapped onto it. And, ah, uh, it just, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it just looked terrible. Yeah. I just like okay, grand, bigger screen, and everything, but the design of it, I was like, it just looked like, um, say, if you took a HomePod and strapped strapped an iPad to it. Yeah, <laughs> so. you know, when I was looking at them myself, I thought the um, the eight inch was a good um, a good balance between the two. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it looked like it. So, and as I say, uh, because it was Amazon Prime Day, I got a good deal in it. So, didn't nice. pass it up. And we'll see. And if I don't like it, I can always sell it on again. You could. Absolutely. And the last thing I got, Dave, was if you remember from the last show, I was giving out about my uh, air tags mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. not being able to connect them. So, I bought a few extra um, key holders, uh, the keychain holders for the air tags. So Excellent. I finally have my AirTags connected to my keyring, and uh, you know what? Now I can give it thumbs up. But, uh, okay, it's still. Yeah, I still think it's a glaring omission that you buy this thing and immediately your very limited usage on it. Yeah, so. and, and like you said a couple of weeks ago, there was no complaints in the functionality of it. It was just simply that it lacked any kind of uh, external connectivity to anything that you want to attach it to. Yeah. Yeah. But now, functionality. Everything on the inside works great. Yeah. Functionality. I've even demoed it to a few people who, like, even a few people who be kind of Android users. And mm-hmm. um, the first question they said is, oh, will that only work with an Apple device? I'd love to get that. Uh, people saying, I'm constantly leaving my keys down someplace, can't find them later on, or losing my keys, or whatever. And they were like, that, that just is a solution that I want. Um, now, I have heard some rumors that Google are going to be making something similar. Um, I see. A, a native Google one. So at the moment, you have the option of using something like the Tile or the Chipolo ones. Um, mm-hmm. But I have heard rumors that Google are going to bring out something very, very similar to the AirTags. Now, you had the Tile, didn't you? I did. Now, I didn't have the original one, right? I didn't have mm-hmm. the um, like the actual just plastic piece that you connect onto your keyring. The one I I bought, uh, it was uh, KeySmart. Um, actually, they, I'm not trying to give anybody an advert, but KeySmart is a lovely, lovely device if you're looking to try and tidy up your keyring. Um, and it, just go and Google KeySmart, and they're a great little thing. Just uh, it's 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 a techie's dream, really, because it's just a little device that allows you have your keys inside in one. It, it makes it kind of into a your Swiss Army knife of keys that you just build up yourself with your things inside in it. And uh, they they have loads of little things you can have like. Um, USB keys that they sell that fit into it or bottle openers, things like that. But they had a pro version which had the tile technology built into it. So um, I remember I said it to you at one stage that the biggest drawback was having to recharge it every so often. That was the only problem with it was just having to remember roughly every month to recharge this. And it had a torch built into it as well. That's what I was using as a, a key tracker and it allowed me uh, from my phone, I could make my key ring make noise. And from the button on my key ring, I could press it and my phone would bing if I'd lost my phone. If I just couldn't find it, if I'd put it down someplace in the house and didn't remember. So it was a two-way system. Uh, now with the tie or with the air tags, 
I really always have a one-way system, really, because you can just um, ask Siri to get it, make play a noise, or do it in the Find My App, something like that. So, um, but anyway, the end result is I now have my Air Tag finally on my keyring, and it works perfectly. Okay. Now, mm. the, the one question I have about the tile versus the um, mm. AirTag is how precise is the Finder app? For the AirTag? Oh, for the tile. Um, yeah, versus the AirTag. You see, yeah. yeah, the tile would just give you a general location. I see. It was kind of in this area. So if 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 you had lost them someplace like in a field or in a street or someplace and you came back to it sometime later, you would be relying on getting near it and then asking it to play a noise if like it yeah. could play the sound. Whereas the air tag, um, I like I actually went out into a big field, I got my keys, I put them down randomly, and then I went over to one of my friends, handed him my phone and said find the keys and he was amazed at how this like arrow came up on screen with the exact amount of meters away you were from it and we were i'd say at the start we were probably 15 meters away from it Mm -hmm. and it started leading him over towards it and as it got nearer like if, if you start walking in the wrong direction the arrows start pointing you back and then when you're walking straight ahead towards it the screen goes green the arrow keeps you on track you keep walking over to it and the distance countdown right until you are right by the product and there it is right in the ground right in front of you and your phone starts kind of giving you a bit of haptic feedback a bit of vibration and it leads you right to it and that's the benefit of the u1 chip that's brilliant yeah so in terms of usage it's a great great device and just let down by the fact that you buy something and you can't use it. Well, not you can't, you, you've limited usage because you could throw it into a, a bag or do what I did, put one into the boot of the car or something like that. But the main thing that people want to do is connect it to luggage uh, or a handbag or um, some, I don't know, any, anything, even if you want to put it onto your golf clubs or something or, or, your keys, which is the obvious one. And you can't straight off the bat. Whereas the other yeah. products you can. Hmm. Maybe, as you say, Dave, maybe version two. Absolutely. Yeah. But you've managed to do it now anyway. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. The um, the big thing, though, is the fact that they're using this um, the, the CR2032 battery, which is a small little, you know, your little button batteries. Um, exactly. Yeah. And that it says it's going to last a year. That is yeah. amazing to get a year's, a year's life out of a small battery like that for what the device it's, does. It's crazy because, you know, that battery is the exact same type, the 2032, that goes into um, most computers um, that keeps the time ticking. Yes. And the the settings for the, the BIOS. BIOS and stuff yeah. like that present while even when it's plugged out. Yeah. Mm. So. And, uh, you know, those things last for years. Yeah. So the it, it's phenomenal the fact that this thing has... Bluetooth, um, NFC, all mm-hmm. that built into it. Um, now, NFC, I suppose, doesn't really take any power to be read uh, once once your once your settings are, are written into an NFC chip kind of thing. It doesn't need power to keep that there because mm. it's the the reader that does the work after that. 
So it's like, it's like the your chip and pin kind of stuff. You don't yeah. need power on your card, your debit card or credit card. You just need to hold it beside something and it reads it. So that doesn't take power. So you're only really talking about your Bluetooth power on it. But even the fact that that lasts a year, it's quite phenomenal. Yeah. Right, Dave, let's move along to a few other small bits. And um, one of the things is, uh, have you heard about the fact that uh, Facebook have announced that they're um, doing their podcasts, that you can get all your podcasts through the Facebook system now? Uh, you know, um, I, I tend to kind of gloss over um, news like that when it comes to Facebook. Um, so I've heard about it, but I haven't heard anything about it, if you will. Yeah, I'm the same. OK, well, it's, it's no it's no um, it's no news story that I don't have Facebook on my phone. I've no Facebook account. I don't use it at all. Uh, so to me, it was I was relying on asking other people and finding out if they've seen anything about podcasting in Facebook. And mm. everybody asked, said, no, they either hadn't heard of it or they hadn't seen any podcasts coming up anywhere inside in Facebook yet. That It just hasn't really hit the surface. And it kind of reminded me, Dave, of a couple of years ago when Facebook tried to go off on the video system, trying to compete with YouTube and yeah. Vimeo. Uh, do you remember with that? Uh, I, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but do you remember that, Div? I do. It was, I, yeah, I feel it was either 2018 or 19 or something like mm. that. And, you know, they 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 kind of stepped up the video side of things a little bit. But overall, I still find that the, the whole service lackluster, um, mm. the player, like uh, you hit play on a video and the video is muted. Now, Fair enough. It was if it was autoplaying, but not when you hit the play button. Don't do that. It makes me have to go over and click the sound yeah. thing and then rewind the video to the few seconds yeah. that I missed. It was uh, it was a bit of a disaster for them at the time um, because yeah. uh, I suppose there was a few things that really led to it being such a problem for them because one. Facebook is a closed system. So even though they say that they have a billion users, um, yeah. that even if somebody else sent you a video. Most of the times, if you didn't have your Facebook account, then if you clicked on it and you went to view it, it asked you to sign into Facebook. Right. So like, say for me, if somebody sent me a link to a Facebook um, video, then I'm looking, well, I can't see this. Um, whereas with YouTube, it's the opposite. Everybody can see it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So that was one of the big problems that was there with Facebook, because if they really did have this behind a closed wall all the time anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. So it blocked out a certain amount of people. And the second thing that uh, they did wrong was they, if, if you remember, it, a lot of things came out at the time talking about the fact that they had inflated the amount of views heavily. And <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Like even, even as it is actually, I was listening to um, the, I suppose given a bit of a, a nod over to the lads in the Apple Insider uh, podcast. Uh, very good podcast if you're interested in anything Apple. And um, hi to the lads over there. And uh, they were talking about this actually, about the, the videos on, on uh, Facebook at the moment and saying that like, if you see the amount of views something has uh, had a video could be a couple of thousand uh, but yeah, if you go I think into they're counting impressions as views that could be what yeah, they're doing you see yep. when you go into the statistics behind it and actually mm -hmm. so if you're the video owner and you go into the actual statistics then yeah. the most like anything that's over 
three seconds that's counted as a view and you'll mm-hmm. see that as you're scrolling past but like because it goes autoplay and it's on mute then scrolling yeah. down through your feed that's going to count as a view even though you kind of scroll past it whereas in you go in and look at the statistics of anybody who has viewed the video for longer than a minute mm-hmm. it's uh, a fraction if you had a couple of thousand views you're talking about possibly in realistic terms a couple of hundred views of real views beyond a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, and the lads over on the Apple Insider were talking about that and they were they were actually saying, they were giving actual um, statistics about something that they see in, in their own videos that they put up on Facebook and, and giving that as an example. So that's still going on. Uh, and But when Facebook went into the video heavily, they, that, was the, uh, that was the problem that they were caught heavily inflating the views um, for monetary reasons, I would assume. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, you see, and I think this is the thing, right? I, I think the biggest problem of the whole system is that it's not offering anything unique. It's just a video yeah. player. You know, yeah. you upload a video to your account and you've been able to do that for a long time. So the quality has improved. Like they're, they're saving it in different qualities that, that, that are better than like the early part of the tens, for example. But mm. overall, what's it offering? That's Nothing. different to what you can get on YouTube mm. or any other video site that's tried and failed and yeah. uh, lost out to YouTube. They're just trying to be the one place that people go to. And, you know, no. in, in, in some countries across the world, Facebook is the internet to some people that they go onto the Facebook app to do pretty much everything. Oof. Yeah. I don't want to live there. Not no, in the, I no. don't want to live in that dystopian world. <laughs> but but you see, here's the thing: the podcasts that you're, you're mm. mentioning now, I haven't read up on anything about it, so I'm mm. just going to fly off the cuff here and just assume that they're not going to offer anything unique that you can't get on iTunes or any other podcasting service that you you might be signed up for. Yeah, they're just going to do it. Whereby, again, to listen to a podcast, you have to sign into your Facebook account. Yeah. And uh, it's just another I, place to upload a podcast, really. Yeah, yeah no. they they also added in the new kind of live audio rooms. I suppose this is in response to Clubhouse. Uh, there's a couple of services out there like Clubhouse ah. that kind of have people meeting uh, to have these kind of. It, it's like Facebook Live, but it's kind of a a general chat room uh, that you can join in. And they they added in this feature as well of creating an audio room to go in and have everybody join in with you and have a fireside chat type thing um, or somebody I suppose doing a kind of a TED talk type stuff but it's interactive with people in the same room with you so um, I've I've looked at Clubhouse and again I just um, I don't know I didn't have the I didn't have the interest in it Uh, it seems to be getting it seems to be pretty popular in in some places but uh, it sounds kind of unique though and that's that's it you need a selling point a USP Yeah. yeah Mm. Yeah. But if you're just copying what's there already, it's not. Uh, They're very late to the game, if that's the case. Podcasts have been around a long time now. Yeah. But uh, you look at some of the stuff that Facebook have done over the last few years, they've been late to the game on a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. They're just trying to bulldoze their way in onto certain things. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked for them. No. But Google have done the same thing as well in certain cases, and it hasn't worked for them either. Yeah. Well, they're notorious for getting in and just uh, trying yeah. something and, and then cutting, <laughs> yeah, 
cutting it a couple of years later and right. uh, whether it's a, a consumer product or a business product they put it up there see what sticks and then just cut it uh, doesn't matter where people are using it or not they just uh, cut it yep. pretty hard mm-hmm. but even like even all, all the companies are notorious for doing this especially with services like do you remember Apple when they introduced Ping Ping, what was that Ping, again? It was this kind of service for, like, like a social media thing for following your your uh, favorite musicians and being able to get updates on. It was kind of like a, I suppose, a, like a Twitter or a Facebook for Apple Music that you were supposed to be getting exclusives and when live information. Hmm? When was that set up again? Oh, Ping, that's easily five or six years ago, I'd say. Okay. Uh, possibly yeah, more. So it's well after the whole MySpace thing, which used to be the go-to place oh. for music. And then Facebook came along and decimated MySpace. But MySpace, yeah. were, where all the bands were there, they all had profiles. Yeah, yeah. they were, yeah. Did we, you were on MySpace, Dave, were you? I was. I was indeed. Were you on Bebo? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was late to the game on Bebo. I, I only joined in 2007. So everyone else was there since t- 2005. There's probably a few listeners now, Dave, uh, hearing MySpace and Bebo, and if they're young enough, they're sitting there going, what are these guys talking about? I've never heard of this. <laughs> Might as well be talking oh, about dear, a rotary yeah. telephone. <laughs> See, Bebo was huge in Ireland, but MySpace was huge elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and that was the thing. Was, and yeah, uh, very, Facebook uh, kind of decimated them. Yeah. Oh, when that came along, it just took over mm. uh, completely and utterly. Um, and I don't know, like... Has it still got that spot? Like, I, I I know plenty of people who have told me that they're just not on Facebook anymore. And these were people who were, like, I would consider Facebook addicts. Really? Yeah. And they're just not on it anymore. Okay. And mainly because, like, one of the things and that, that kind of took over from it, now that there's a bit of a twist in this, really, but the the reason that they stopped using Facebook or used it less was because of WhatsApp. Because Facebook was being used to keep in contact with the people that you used to know or that were abroad, right? right. So you'd yes. find people that you mightn't have talked to in years or family members that were abroad. Now, when WhatsApp came along and then suddenly you had your uh, video conferencing, um, like the like on your phone, your mobile phones, you had your instant communication for free over and back between these people, then that kind of took over and then lo and behold facebook buy whatsapp yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it, it kind of I, I would say facebook could see the analytics on that and actually see that their their traffic was moving away from themselves for communication like that over to whatsapp and that's one of the reasons they went for it yeah, and uh, we're still waiting for them to merge that with Messenger. And if they do, it will be another... What, what happened earlier this year with the privacy um, uh, backlash because they yeah. were you know, changing their terms and stuff like that. It will be another exodus, I think. It will, yeah. It will. People they, are, I think they need to keep WhatsApp mm. as it is. Yes, it should be kept completely separate. And I'm yeah, uh, sure they'll, 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 they still have to find some way of monetizing that because they paid enough for it. So, they did. Yes, um, they, Mm-hmm. Now, I remember back when WhatsApp was, before Facebook bought it, uh, it was always free, but they always said, yeah, we're going to start charging you from uh, six months from now. And then they always used to keep postponing it and yeah. you'd never end up getting charged. I don't yeah. know if anyone actually ever did pay for it. It used to be somewhat of a paid service. 
I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, but uh, what yeah. were you getting for your for your books? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember um, what the what the pay usage, you know. But um, it was basically what they were giving you for free. Uh, they'd eventually charge you for, but that never happens. Mm. It kept getting pushed back. Whenever like you were like a month away from the deadline of when they were going to start charging, they'd send you a message or or put a notification up. Uh, we're extending the free period or whatever. I, I I can't remember exactly how it went, but that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. So like <clears throat> they they're they're at a point now where trying to monetize it is going to be a hard ask because people have gotten so used to this uh, free communication. Oh yeah, and yeah there's, absolutely. And there's so Nobody many wants options to pay, out there. Even like even if it's a buck a month, people are kind of like, yeah, I can get this for free somewhere else. Yeah, mm, exactly. Yeah. Okay, Dave, we're diving into Windows 11. So I'm going to be relying on you for a lot of this here now because as most people know, I'm the Mac guy, you're the Windows guy. So, right. So, uh, you know, it was great. Uh, Christopher Walken presenting the video. He looked great, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Do you get what I'm referring to there, Dave? Is it Panay Panos? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Uh, no, it was just he was so deliberate in oh yeah the yeah, way yeah, yeah yeah it's the it's the the pauses the long pauses I, I hear you yeah things <laughs> it was I was watching it and and he was the way he just came across like he did a great job he was brilliant but all I could he see here in my head it was just like oh Christopher Walken <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you close um, your eyes see I used to like him but he. He's very long-winded, very verbose, like almost yeah. like a broken record when he fixates on a particular feeling or emotion. He just yeah. repeats it, repeats it, repeats it. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was, uh, okay, right, right. Uh, that aside, that was only, I suppose we're <laughs> do, doing the band a disservice here now, the poor fellow. He, he did a great job. Uh, but yeah. uh, anyway, let's get on to Windows 11. So um, the, what, what, anything striking about Windows 11 uh, or do you want to do this in order according to how he was presenting it or okay I don't think that the uh, the presentation was a, a deep enough dive into the uh, I suppose the meat and potatoes of the operating system yeah. but more on that later right okay now there's certain things oh they're adding new ways to connect and stuff like that great mm. don't care don't care you know I, I'm I'm stuck in my ways. I've been using Windows now since God knows, and I, I'm I'm stuck in my ways. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna use Windows 10 the same ways. I'm gonna sorry Windows 11 as the same ways I've used 10, 8, 7, and everything before. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Um, okay. Interface few, wise, Dave. Okay, right. so the interface it, it's kind of cool, right? So they put everything in the center of the um, the taskbar, um, yeah. but you can change that. You can yes. put it to the left. They didn't mention that in the um, in the keynote, but um, it was um, noted um, because the um, the build leaked. Uh, sorry, an, an early build of it leaked, so people got their hands on it and were able to test yeah. it out. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that afterwards, actually, as yeah. well, Dave, because you have a bit more information on that. But uh, just in terms of interviews, yeah, you can kind of make it look back to what it was. Yes. But overall, uh, the feedback I've been getting, and as I was watching the event, mm-hmm. it looked more Mac-ish, if you know what I mean. It, it kind still has, of borrowed. It still has a Windows kind of feel to yeah. it, but the rounded corners... Definitely wow. give it that kind of Mac look. Do you know what? The rounded corners, Dave, I'm going to give that right up there with different color phones. 
absolutely amazing. <laughs> almost like what we talked about, but the uh, the widgets on the home screen of the iPad. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's not like they haven't done rounded corners before Windows Seven, yeah. uh, and they kind of squared everything out then for Windows Eight, and uh, it stayed the same with Ten. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, but, but the interface-wise, I, I just want to um, touch on a couple of things. Now, I'm not a tablet user, but I've used Windows on a tablet. And mm. and I love the way that it's an operating system that's built for multiple platforms. And they've done a fairly okay job of it, but they have made some changes to the tablet interface. So when you, let's say, have your tablet or your two-in-one and it, you put it in tablet mode, it, it's they've been a bit more thoughtful about the icon spacing and stuff like that. that so it's was, easier to touch where you really want to touch. Exactly the thing I took away from this, right? That, that this was the big, big part of what I was watching, and especially when they showed the touch area, because mm-hmm. I again I've used Windows 10 on a, a touch interface as well, and didn't yeah. like it um, simply because it was too hard to get to certain elements. Exactly, right. it is primarily a desktop yeah. operating so, system. So they definitely now have changed the input, uh, like to to make it more. Mm-hmm. kind of a, a dual purpose uh, yes, which was great to see I will say though that um, let's say if you like whether it's a, an ARM tablet or an, or an Intel based tablet or x86 mm. or whatever you want to call it yeah. um, the fact that the, the, I suppose the real selling point is that you can run full windows on a tablet but they do have to make the interface a bit more conducive to how a touchscreen works yeah Mm. But they do, and in fairness, yeah. like I, I'll give them that much. It it definitely did as something that like uh, is notoriously hard to do of getting an interface right on two different types of usage, because yeah. using it with your mouse or with your um, with a, a pen or using it with your finger. There's right. yeah. this, it's a huge paradigm and that's why I suppose Apple went down the whole thing of Mac OS on your desktop and iPad or iOS on your mobile devices. Exactly. So, it's a different strategy, absolutely, yeah. 100% mm. <laughs> there. But um, no, the, 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 I suppose they've been trying it since Windows 8. Mm. You know, that disastrous um, start screen instead of a start menu um, yeah. didn't work out. <laughs> and they went back to the start menu in Windows 10. Mm. Um, yeah. So they've been kind of having a few stabs at it over yeah. the years. Yeah. So it, it, they seem to have kind of they're pretty much there with it. I think I think this is actually a, a fair good um, a fair good operating system for cross platform or cross yeah. usage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And look, and I think if they keep going down this route, I think there's a way they can do it. And I, I, I you know, they may not have it perfect today, but there's mm-hmm. always tomorrow. Yeah. But, but I think it's a good strategy yeah. nonetheless. Overall, I, I like the new interface. I do actually yeah. like it. I think it's it's much better. I think the every, every all the details that they've thought out about it, I actually do like it. Yeah. There's a few other things as well. Um, for example, like it's when you have a multi-monitor setup on Windows, sometimes it's notorious for, like if you have certain apps set up on your second monitor or your third mm-hmm. monitor or whatever have you, and if you plug them out, uh, everything just moves right back to the um, to the main monitor, yeah. and you have to set it all up again when you plug them in. It doesn't remember that. And now, apparently, this time around, they've kind of addressed that. Yes, and um, like the the way they showed the different um, what they they had a, a a name on it. I can't remember the name where they showed um, the fact that you can like pick your layouts, um, so you can decide if you want. Um, 
windows snap to left or right or the, the, the yeah. different uh, the different way that they that it show the arrangement of the windows um, yeah yeah you can snap um, apps to um, uh, you know to the side bottom and stuff like that and you can mm. do it in in kind of a different grid format you can choose like if it's a four by four two by two or four or whatever you know yeah or three by two or whatever it is um, mm. but yeah it's it's going to be better at remembering where you put things um so yeah i know, really like that sh- because they they give a live demo of that of the of the lady unplugging her laptop from an external monitor that's and, right yeah and then plugging it back in and it remembering and it's kind of i suppose they've, they brought desktops to windows uh, no, the, the desktops is here already, by the way. Uh, it's oh, here. It? It's just that, um, like, you can do it. It's nearly the same, actually, as it is on Mac OS in terms of, like, using your, your control key. Instead of the control key, you use your Windows key and just go to D, and then you can basically set up a new desktop and blah, 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 blah. Oh. Um, it, it works similar, but yeah. um, what they've changed here in Windows 11 is that you could style the desktops differently so it can have yeah. uh, more colors, Johnny, different <laughs> colors for each one. That's um, groundbreaking. And that it might be better at remembering yeah. uh, how you set it up. And so like, you can have your, your desktop set up for gaming or work, mm. um, uh, entertainment or whatever you're doing on your computer. And it won't, you know, you won't yeah. have to reset it up again. Well, I, time you- of all the features that they showed, this was one that I said I wanted Mac app yeah. to bring to the Mac because the amount of times I've had a laptop connect to an external monitor and mm-hmm. then you go out to a meeting, you come back in, you connect it up and then it's like having to drag all their screens around. And like I usually have about four desktops yeah. and when you have four desktops and two monitors, that's eight really. Okay. Yeah, it is so, actually. You're right. Yeah. So if I have an, uh, like I usually have uh, whatever, 15, 20 apps open at a time and multiple screens in each app and I'm flicking mm-hmm. over between my desktops. So I have a, a desktop area for different types of work. So I would have like a web browsing desktop where I'd have multiple windows open that I use to do all the different uh, websites I'm looking at. Then I had one for my email and my calendar. I had one for like terminal and connecting to servers and then I'd have another one for any audio stuff like what we're doing right now recording. Mm. So if I was doing anything on my laptop and connected it, then it merged those, the, the two screens on each four desktop into one screen on each four desktop and then when I connect back up the monitor I'd go and rearrange everything around again. Yeah, and yeah. so it's the same problem. Yeah, and to see that, that it was remembering where everything, I was like envy straight away that was just to me it was like ah i really want that i really really want that yeah i I agree it's going to be a lot less hassle Uh, and you know it's something i think that's well overdue and i'm actually surprised that it's windows microsoft that have introduced it and not apple uh yeah i suppose i'll agree with you on that one any any reason to give them a kick (laughs) yeah i know i mean seriously i i just thought like Mm. this is microsoft are not is thoughtful about their interfaces and you know this going back through yeah. the years as apple would be um well okay dave the overall event did you notice that the tone of the overall event was there, there was a, a softness to it right whereas it before was, yeah. like to me any any microsoft event i watched before there was a there was a more techie hardness marketing type vibe to it whereas mm. This seemed a lot more personal, uh, a lot more aimed at 
like the, the not just the features and the interface but everything about the way they presented there seemed to be a, a more hands around you approach it was it just seemed a different microsoft to me yeah you know um well if you're talking about let's say steve bomber going on stage and stuff like that you know they, he's always been very uh, loud and rough, if you will. Uh, it's a yeah. different. Um, it's under different management now, as you know. Bill Gates is no longer involved in, in Microsoft yeah. these days. Mm. But um, and you you heard from um, Satya at the end of the uh, yeah. the thing with his um, announcement and stuff like that. So although you know, he did a completely he did different seem tone. to try and cram every cliched kind of sentence in at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but the overall, overall thing, including what they've done with Windows Eleven. It does yeah. seem to be a lot more personable, uh, the user focused and features have been taught about in terms of yeah. shoving something at you in terms of look what we did and we'll shove it in your face like the that that start, um, the, what you call it, the, remember the old start menu you were talking about a few minutes ago? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. that, that instead of that, which was they came up with something and just seemed to shove it in front of everybody and then everybody went, no, hate it. Here now they seem to have thought about the features they brought in and brought in really, really good, well thought out ideas. Yeah. Hmm. So, no. right. Uh, let's move on, Dave, to... Um, some of the actual features and then this one I don't know if they'll get in trouble with it um, the the actual idea of the, that okay Skype has gone out the window at this stage now it's kind of yeah, like yeah the, they didn't mention Skype at all yeah. uh, Teams is uh, integrated yeah now yeah. is that for, first of all do you think that they will be bringing features and integration into certain areas that will bring the advantage to Teams and in the same way as they've been wrapped on the knuckles in years past about um, they're monopolizing it and baking in the web browsers and they had to kind of roll back on that after some EU uh, directives on it. Um, Do you think that they're going to do something here with Teams that's kind of going to disadvantage the likes of um, Zoom or any others? I don't think so. No? No. And I say this because I think when it comes to people and their their programs, they're very set about their ways, uh, like myself in, in, mm. in certain ways. Uh, so people who are using Zoom already, I can't see them going, oh, I'm going to switch over to Teams or whatever have you. But there are people using Teams as well. So I don't mm. think it's going to it, it, it give it some growth, but I think it will be a slow burn if it's going to grow at all, like substantially enough. Right. This okay. is one of those things where they're just throwing it out there and see if it will stick. Okay. Right. I think so. But you see, I, I don't get um, why Microsoft always gets in trouble for um, for this monopoly thing. Oh, so they have Internet Explorer baked into the browser. We don't want you to have that installed by default. We want you to give you a choice in the EU mm. to, you know, to, so they can pick whatever other browser they want. Um, but nobody ever said anything to Apple about Safari. Yeah. Um, no. The... To me, the main reason for this kind of uh, things happening to the different companies is down to market mm-hmm. share, right? Yes, and so, they do have a bigger market yeah, share. That's so if true. you have 85, 90% of the market share, then the focus is going to be on you. Yeah. Right? And that's why they got Microsoft got in trouble over this and got wrapped over it, whereas it Apple are kind of going under the radar. But the opposite is coming around now. 
whereby there's so much iOS devices out there and mm-hmm. especially with like Epic Games suing Apple and, and going after them in the courts about the fact that the App Store is closed and you have to pay uh, Apple their commission and everything. Um, mm. that That's leading on now that they're they're so big it's worth going after them and this could be something they want they want they want effectively the ability to sideload apps onto your mobile device um now good or bad that that does bring its own share of problems because you once you open something up then you're bringing in the effect that uh, there'll be malware there'll be scams there'll be of course yeah, yeah so and that's it like you know i see again two different strategies android no problem side loading stuff right yeah um and and that's what they that's a strategy they've picked now apple have chosen to keep the system closed so they can say look it's more secure and it it is but Mm. it depends on which way you want to go really um as an individual what you prefer are you willing to take the risk for you know for the extra features or do you want to you know a closed operating system where there's no other way to install the apps you want other than the apple store it's going to be interesting how apple do handle this because there's a good chance that they might be forced into this of allowing it or having to allow sideload apps um, mm. And they might have I, to go into. I don't into, think they should be forced into it. No, I, 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 I would agree because I, the one thing I do like about my iPhone is the fact that I'm pretty sure that the apps I'm getting have been pre-vetted. Uh, mm. So you've got a fairly a good like. I, I don't want the situation where. Um, some link that I'm sent sends me to a web page that looks like the an original app, but I end up with not an original app, if you know what I mean, a kind of a, a right. fake version of it, because there'll yeah. be people out there making copies of Netflix or banking apps or whatever. Um, and well, I, okay, I so want it's to time know. to give a bit of advice. I think here, if the app is available on the Play Store get it from the Play Store. Don't go to a website and download it um, from there and install it um, outside of the Play Store. If it's available on the Play Store, get it there. It's the the guarantee that you will get the official app. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I... uh, we probably we probably could talk about this part for the rest of the show, Dave, about it, uh, could, the, the, the security on apps and where to get it. But the, the problem is there's people out there and they might know what they're doing and they get the wrong app and they go to the wrong place and because mm-hmm. it's free, um, they'll just install it and then suddenly they don't know why their phone bill has been racked up or where their data is going. So it's um, it it really is the whole thing of go to where you can trust. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I do think uh, going back to the original thing, I, I do think that if Apple get forced on this, then they'll probably have to put a setting into the settings of <clears throat> which, to me, ninety percent of people would leave it alone. Of um, it has to like only take apps that are coming from the Apple App Store. And then if you know what you're doing, you put in your, your passcode or your password and mm. you can downgrade that setting. Uh, yeah. Because like, say people who have set up family sharing and they've given a phone to their teenager. Yeah, and sure. At the moment, you can set up um, loads of parental controls. But if the phone is wide open, then those people, the, the kids can just go and take any app they want and download it and get any content they want, then good or bad. Uh, yeah. So at the moment, and, because and, and, it's closed. You know, the type of apps that certain teenage 
yeah. sellers would go for are, are not on the uh, Play Store for several reasons. Yeah. Well, they're not on the App Store either. Correct. Uh, but you can install them on your phone, no problem. Yeah. So the if if they're if they're forced to make forced to make it wide open, then mm. they'll they'll go they'll go find those apps regardless of of yeah. the consequences see, to their device. I, I just don't see Apple being forced into it. To be honest, mm. maybe they will. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, we're getting off topic with Microsoft. So, oh, Dave, let's go on to gaming. Your part. What do okay, you think? Okay. Yes. Now this is interesting, right? Because um, there's. Uh, some sort of direct, um, what was it called again? Direct? Direct storage. Direct storage. An unfortunate name. That's it. Yeah. Well, it, so it, to me, it was, a, it was a very unfortunate name because I know they're, they're taking this directly over from the Xbox. But yeah. storage means storing. This is accessing a GPU. So I, I, I just thought they could have given it a better name than storage. Yeah, it's, it's some sort of, I don't know how it works. Uh, they didn't really go into detail, unfortunately. I was hoping they would go a bit more deep into the technical improvements. You know, yeah. The things that uh, the things that actually do matter um, when you're using an operating mm. system. Uh, but um, yeah, so this um, direct storage thing is meant to make your games faster. Um, and it's probably some sort of caching of assets and stuff like that. So they can load up a lot faster than before. So it's going to be less of a bottleneck on your your GPU, well, essentially. Yeah, um, it's well. Some of it is some of the direct storage is actually about offloading CPU requests to the GPU. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. And another that's perfect the way you put that there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, which is great. Which is great because sometimes the CPU can be a bottleneck. Yeah. And the and the connection between the CPU and the like you know your PCI bridge which connects to your GPU. Yeah. So, so. if the, if if you know, direct access, right? Bare metal access is always going to be better. It is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so, right. so one of the things in the in the gaming part of it is this auto HDR. So upscaling oh, yeah. things HDR that looked good. Yeah, definitely. It did. Makes it a did. Um, but of course, you do need to have um, a HDR capable monitor for for that to oh, happen, yes. and they're still expensive. They are. They are. Yeah. Mm. So most standard monitors um, don't have that capability. So, but any it's, it's good if you're gamer, to spend like five hundred bucks on a monitor, then it might have HDR. Then yeah. again, it might not. Any serious gamer, though, Dave, is probably going to have HDR. Yeah, that's true. I have it to an extent, but I didn't get the full flight. It's not fully HDR compliant. Let's put it that way. All right. But um, I, you know, look, I'm not. I like the, the color representation of my monitor, so I'm not really feeling the need for it, but maybe it's just a thing. Once you try it, you can't go back. I don't know. Mm, maybe. Yeah, it'll yeah. be, it'll be worth, uh, worth a look at anyway when it comes out. Yeah, um, I'm not knocking the feature. It's, it's a good feature. Um, anything that makes games look better for free is good. Yeah, and they also brought the Xbox app over now so you can get all those games the um, Game Pass thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Xbox app is has been around for a while, but the Game Pass thing, where you can pay your monthly fee and get access mm. to all the games in the library and then play away to your heart's content. Yeah, so they're really looking it's after the, the gamers. It's the Spotify, in this Netflix of games, really. Yeah, mm. yeah, and you know what? Um, like I have, I have Apple Arcade as part of my subscription, right? It's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. It's useless. I mean, <laughs> the 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 game. They're all the similar type of what I consider idiotic games. Um, yeah. I hope I'm not uh, offending anyone out there now who's probably a big Apple Arcade fan. But I just look at the games and there's there's nothing of quality in it that like 
the Halo or Forza or any of those that you get in the Xbox. Um, Absolutely, there, yeah. There, there's there's some really premium games there, and uh, the Apple Arcade is kind of like uh, it's. Well, it's the same if you install Steam on it, the um, Mac, mm. for example. There are certain games that are only available um, on Mac, and while the rest are Windows games. And Windows is, the, in terms of the personal computer, the uh, premier operating system for gaming, and it has been for a long time. Yeah, it has been, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, Dave, next on the list. Um, I'm trying to cover here now what haven't we covered so far. Well, oh. they did mention as well, like it was a one-liner, but they did mention that it's the most secure operating system or most secure Windows yet. Uh, again, <laughs> would have loved to have known a little bit more about that, but well, um, they didn't really go into it. Every keynote that we've watched for the last 10 years yeah. from every company, no matter who it is, this is the most, uh, insert one line here, <laughs> uh, that we've ever made. And No, Apple does it as well. This is the yeah. best iPhone we've ever made. Well, n- Duh! Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't like, it be like? Would it be worse than the previous version? I know. Come the, on. No one is going to come out. Microsoft, <laughs> Google, Amazon, Apple, everything. Else, they're not going to come yeah. out and say, "Well, this is not as good as last year's one." <laughs> but we're still so, going to put it right yeah. up there and uh, charge you yeah. double the price. But there, car there manufacturers do that as well. Everybody does it. This is the best ah, yeah, we've yeah. ever made. It's a, it's kind of a redundant thing because. Like, but though. he mentioned he didn't say specifically this is the best Windows we've ever made. Um, it was the, the, he the said it was secure. the most secure version of Windows ever made, and that kind yeah. of piqued my curiosity until he just moved on and we never heard from him again about it. Yeah. Now, um, is it because uh, Windows is becoming uh, Linux? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, if Windows did become Linux or at least a Unix-based operating system, it, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Well, it's okay. The, this, this where I was leading to the and this one was the right. the big surprise for me was when they yeah. said Android apps are going to be running ah, on. Oh yes, Windows. absolutely. So they're obviously um, because they, they, they've leveraged the um, they they can translate ARM to x86. Yeah. So they, uh, in the it's not like, great. It's not the, as good as what Apple has. Their love affair with, with Intel is is strong again. Right, so the yeah. Wintel brand is really strong again now because uh, Apple broke up with Intel, uh, so they're they're back in the arms of Microsoft again, and yeah. they're the next generation Intel chips have this thing called this bridge technology, which helps in the running of your ARM-based code on yeah. x86. All right, so. Now they're saying, okay, obviously there's some software emulation going on as well. But mm-hmm. this whole thing, when they said that through the Amazon App Store, you can get all your Android apps and run right. them on Windows. Now yeah. that that was, I I was sitting there going, what? Like, what what's happening here? Where where are they going it's with crazy, this? Yeah. Like even my brain started running forward a couple of years and saying, is there something down the line in terms of the direction they're going? Or is this something that they might regret in the future? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I don't think they'll regret it uh, as such. Um, it's a feature that people would want, I think. I mean, Apple have done it with um, iPhone apps, right? Um, yeah, that you can run your iPhone app on your Mac. Right. But exactly. it's, still, it's still an Apple um, ecosystem. 
right? Yeah, Whereas that's true. now and, they're and of course, but Windows or Microsoft have kind of um, gotten in bed with uh, Android uh, ever since they discontinued their own operating system. They've kind of uh, been pushing Android as a you know a good. Yeah mobile operating system. So there must be some sort of thing going on there behind the scenes. Yeah. Now, one of the things I read actually a couple of weeks ago was that Chromebook shipments are soaring at the moment. Right? That they're worldwide the shipments of Chromebooks is big. It's really growing. And mm. it it's over uh, two or three times than it was last year, I think. And this made me think is this a response to Chromebook? Like, are they are they feeling a small bit threatened by it? They might be, but uh, to me, I look at Chromebooks and I say they're like most of the machines are very expensive, mm-hmm. and you're running a, a limited operating system. Let's be, let's face it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't see why you would spend a grand on this lovely looking laptop. Sure, it's great and everything, but it's just running an operating system where you, it's, that's very limited, like I said. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so maybe they did feel threatened by it because obviously there's a market for it because people are buying them. As well, you, as education. You education is but, a big area for Chromebook at the moment. I see. Okay. All right. So maybe they're looking at it and they're saying just to protect Surface and everything that they have to do whatever they can to mm. to allow these this to happen. And that's why I was saying down the road are they handing too much to Google and Android if if yeah. people start getting well, used to using the Android apps on Windows then they get less reliant on Windows I don't think it's going to be a big deal because ultimately um, the power of Windows is is huge like for, for most things like gaming and entertainment and stuff like that there's not a lot you can't do on it and um Android, I, I wouldn't run it as a desktop operating system any more than I'd want to run a Chrome OS. Mm. But again, so I in don't education. think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's adding to the the feature set of Windows, but not. Um, I don't think it's a threat. Uh, okay, I could be wrong. Right. I could be wrong. We, we keep an eye I'm on that one. Going on my own, I'm using my own head to. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to be moving away from a full desktop operating system anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that one and we'll kind of think about it a bit more. Yeah. Um, we're it's worth mentioning before, sorry, we move on, um, that um, Panay, the uh, product manager that uh, yeah. did the keynote there, uh, he's the product manager for Surface as well as Windows. So, you know, okay. you never know. Right, okay. Um, we're nearly out of time there, Dave, so just before we finish up, um, the, the other big thing anyway was about the developers that they were saying that you can bring your own e-commerce outfit to yeah. your apps, All right? So yeah, this, right. again, seemed to really heavily target what's going on with Apple at the moment and, and the whole mm-hmm. problem with the App Store, that basically you can put your stuff into the Microsoft Store and you can bring your own e-commerce payment system and have that running behind it, like so for all your in-app purchases or subscriptions and keep 100% of the revenue. Or That's right. you can use their commerce store and I think it's either it's fifteen percent normally or twelve percent for games. I think is what they take if they do the e-commerce side of it for you. Okay, that's generous enough, like compared yeah. to the other uh, companies out there, including Google. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I think that is uh, somewhat of a, a response to the whole Epic Games versus Apple thing, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Now it was like the again. 
this was like what I was saying about the way their whole way of dealing people seemed to be a lot more uh, personable and kind of arms around you. This mm-hmm. seemed to be an arms around the developer thing again of we're looking after you and we want to help you we want to and they probably like they probably learned a lot from their mistakes when they did the mobile app store uh, well just the whole mobile os anyway and developers yeah. just never got on board in it so they didn't know here they they're ham- now they, they they basically hampered their efforts anyway that's they, they didn't let them do this or that or the other and mm. they didn't really incentivize it that's the problem yeah exactly yeah but you see, you have to remember as well, right, that Apple have a different um, motivation when they build um, Mac OS versus what Microsoft have with Windows. Sell hardware. Well, yes, mostly. And, and somewhat Microsoft do as well nowadays because they're yeah. in the hardware business compared to years ago. Yeah. But they do want you on their latest version of Windows. They, they, when Windows 10 first came out, they said they were going to give uh, free upgrades to anyone with Windows 7, 8, etc. Mm-hmm. to Windows 10, and then it would be gone after that. It never yeah. went. It never yeah, went. Yeah, it never, yeah. Yeah, so you could still use a Windows 7 key today and get up to Windows 10. And if you're on Windows 10 and your machine supports it, you can get mm-hmm. to Windows 11. That's it. Uh, that's another topic for another day. The that's support exactly. is actually meant to be very bad for Windows 11. They're, they're cutting out a lot of processors, e- even yeah. in... Um, you uh, you know, basically machine built in the last years ago. five years. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So, but Windows motivation is that they're somewhat monetizing you as well, and Apple aren't. And I, I, I do want to make a point to saying that there is other motivations for wanting you on the latest version of Windows. Uh, explain that's, that. And that's it. it. So basically, if they're incentivizing developers, they're incentivizing users. Okay, that's my take. Yeah. Okay, so the by getting all the users up onto the latest one, it makes it easier for developers to develop their apps. Yeah, that's another way to look at it too. But basically, they just want people on the latest version of Windows so they can spy on you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's the best way I can put it bluntly. Uh, Tinfoil hats aren't ready. I'm I look, look. I don't care. I'm 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 using Android. I'm using Windows. They've got me already. They've got me. All right. And I use Facebook just to make it worse. <laughs> but um, I, I love Windows as an operating system. I do. But there's no doubt that um, Apple's motivations for building macOS are pure. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. On that note, Dave, we'll have to leave it. We're bang okay. out of time. So uh, we shall. Th- thanks again for everything again today. And, uh, no thanks for joining us. Uh, a great chat, actually. Uh, went off in loads of different directions there that I didn't expect, but uh, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really good. So uh, we'll sign off and we'll say goodbye to everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in a few weeks' time. See ya. You've been listening to Tech Post, a Limerick Post podcast in association with Limerick City Community Radio. If you have any tech questions or topics you'd like to see covered, or if you have any local tech news that you want featured, please email techpost at limerickpost.ie. The show is produced by Eric Fitzgerald, and theme music is kindly supplied by Limerick's Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets, and you can find their great music on Spotify or Apple Music. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you subscribe to get other great podcasts from the Limerick Post.